Welcome to the End of Days Conference hosted by Rhema Family Church in February 2016. Our guest speaker is Reverend Joseph Morris. This morning we got into a little bit about some of the signs. I'm going to kind of pick back up and maybe go one by one through them in a little bit. But I want to kind of go through some stuff before we do that and maybe major on a couple of signs. We're just very, very privileged. I mean, think about it, to be watching the Word come to pass in front of our eyes. I mean, you think of uh, when Mary and Elizabeth and Zacharias and Joseph were going, wow, this is the first coming, this is amazing. When it dawned on them after Gabriel appeared to Mary and how, how you know, your cousin Elizabeth will, will, will bring a son and he'll, he'll be the cousin of Jesus, and she's like, wow, is this really going to happen? With God, all things are possible. With Him, nothing shall be impossible. Oh, come on, what, what can we put in front of Him that, that would make Him stagger? Nothing. Oh, come on, mock disease, mock lack. Get to where you have such a dominion mentality that as he is, so are we in this world. (laughs) Amen. Oh, come on. I might preach on that. We don't watch it. Hallelujah. He's more than enough. Not enough. He's more than enough. He's extreme in everything he does. There's not one thing that he does ordinary. Everything about him is just over the top. Hallelujah. Amen. you got angels that are created to be around them, and he's so glorious. Uh, they're created to be there. Cherubim, seraphim, two wings that cover their face, two wings that cover their feet, two wings they, they fly with, yet they have to shield themselves from his glory because he's so radiant. Mm. And we're about to get us a brand new body to where we can go up there and, and, and be with him and not, not hurt our rods and our cones. We can look right at the Lord and not be blind for a couple weeks. Amen. Just think of how our dad is this being that's full of mercy, full of kindness, full of compassion. Hallelujah. I know that he wants it to get across all of us about end times. He loves you, loves you, loves you, loves you. And I'll probably say that every service as much as I can because he really is adamant. I feel that. He's adamant about getting that into us that he wants to see you so much. Lauren, our daughter, she'll call me. Her picture will come up on my phone. She's married and we talk a couple times a week. But man, it's the highlight of my day to see my phone light up to talk to my little girl. If I think that way about my little girl, how much more the father thinks about you? Oh, come on now. Where do we get that? We get that from him. He loves you. He loves you, loves you, loves you, loves you. Hallelujah. Well, grab your Bibles and uh, we'll just see where we go. Uh, let's pray, and we'll get right into the Word, and I'll try to slow down tonight, you know. Uh, um, I consider today uh, just being in, like, first gear as slow as I could be, so I've really got to get into a different mode, because I want us to get this, and I do have so much stuff that we can take our time and get into it, and I think even tomorrow, maybe, or, or the next day, we'll get into some questions and answers, and, uh, and I, I won't sing anything off my Greatest Hits album. I'll hold that to another time. I know that's very disappointing. I know, I know r- remove sadness, but... Uh, I, I'm just kidding. Praise the Lord. I'll, I never sing. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. I did play the drums the other day in a service, and I have played the guitar. If you, need, you do whatever you need to do to get everybody with you. I've done Yoda many times, and if it says dead part in a service, I'll start doing Star Wars, and that was years ago. So uh, anyway, praise the Lord. He loves you. wants to help you. Grab your Bibles, and let's turn to Luke 21 again for just a brief moment, and uh, we'll do a couple minutes of review, then we're going to kick right back in and just see how far we go into the signs. There's about 43 I want to get into tonight. We covered about 10 today, but a lot of them are redundant from what we've been covering, so we don't have to go into detail on them. But uh, wow, we're watching the stage being set. What an amazing day to watch it happen and unfold right before our eyes. And, you know, things are sometimes a little different than what we always think. You know, uh, for instance, I remember prophesying in the mid-90s one time, <laughs> maybe the latter 90s, 97, 98, I can't remember. I was in a service. I remember the Holy Ghost said uh, that Diane Sawyer is an ABC news lady from years ago. She was an anchor is what you call it in the U.S. And I remember saying this in a service I was prophesying. You'll see Diane Sawyer preach the gospel on a Friday night on national TV. And when I finished prophesying that, I thought, what in the world's that, you know? And uh, about a few years later, a guy called me. He goes, hey, you won't believe this. I was in that service when you prophesied that. Diane Sawyer was interviewing Mel Gibson. Uh, in 2004 about the passion of the Christ and she said so you're telling me Jesus paid the penalty for Adam's sin and began to basically explain the gospel right there to Mel Gibson and see I thought that she would go my God and preach it like Shambach you know what I mean because we interpret preach the gospel on a Friday night in our tone 
Well, she, she preached the gospels just in a different way. So a lot of times things come to pass a little different than what we think. Think of the wall coming down in Eastern Europe. Not a shot was fired. We thought there had to be war. And the next day, all of a sudden, you can get right in right there and, and get the will of God wrought. So, so we, we look at all the things that have already happened. Most of the signs that I'm giving you tonight, they've already happened. That's what's crazy because people get to you and they go, well, I don't believe any of that stuff. Sorry, it's already been there, done that, made the T-shirt. I mean, uh, if Ethiopian Jews coming back, they already came back. Praise the Lord. All those things, Israel made a nation, Jerusalem being won back, all those things, we're, we have it propped up at looking at God and the flawlessness of Him and what He's done. He redeemed us. He purchased us. He set your life up for this hour right before He returns. He's filled you with grace, filled you with strength, supernatural strength that most generations never even heard of, but it's in you right now tonight that you believe and you receive. You have what you say. You walk in righteousness. You walk in victory. Remember, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. I said that this morning, but remember, we trust in Him with all of our heart. We lean not to our own understandings. In all of our ways, we acknowledge Him, and He directs our path. In His pathway, there is light, and there is no darkness at all. The pathway of the righteous grows brighter and brighter. So we have wonderful things set ahead for us. That's for somebody here, because this is not what I'm getting ready to preach on. People are concerned about the future. Your future is bright. The pathway of the righteous grows brighter and brighter. There is no bad news for you. Sorry if you came tonight thinking it would be bad news. There isn't any bad news for us. You're living in the worst of it, and that's a lack of hunger. Okay? Lack of hunger. And on a time of lack of hunger, you've brought yourself to church on Sunday night. So you've pushed through that element of no hunger, and you're here hearing the word. Hallelujah, we're blessed. So uh, let's pray and we'll get right into the Word. Lord, we love you tonight. Thank you for blessing everyone that came. Father, as busy as they are, they took the time to hear the Word. Thank you for helping us. We ask you for revelation tonight. We ask you for insight tonight, Lord. That every person in this room, Lord, I ask you, they'd finish their course with joy. We look unto you, Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So, Lord, we, we're on the earth at such a time as this, so help us walk out your perfect will for all of our lives we thank you for it and we know as we get into these radical truths about your return jesus you'll be magnified jesus you'll be glorified you'll be lifted up in every word we thank you for it father in jesus wonderful name and everybody said amen, amen. you know as we turn there to luke 21 i was thinking of something i told uh, i think it was uh pastor patsy the other day uh, march of this last year i was preaching in buffalo west virginia in america it's kind of in the hills of west virginia where all the coal mines are and I was doing gifts of the Spirit on a Saturday, kind of an all-day class, and then end times, Sunday, Monday. So you only have so many, like three services on end times. You do signs, one service, rapture, next service, and then millennium. You just boom, boom, boom. So Sunday morning, the Lord tells me before I got up to preach, He goes, hey, talk about Esther. And I said, Lord, I can't talk about Esther. I've got just one little, I've got one segment, you know, to get this in, you know what I mean? I said, man, i got, I got no time. And he said again to me, just as clear as a bell, talk about Esther. I said, Lord, obviously, don't you realize I've got just a short amount of time to end times. I can't do that. Third time. He said, talk about Esther. I said, Lord, do you understand? It, it takes a few minutes to even get the service started, much less preach on Esther. And, you know, fourth time he said it. So I was like, okay. So, I, you know, I got up and talked about Esther for a few minutes. I talked about how she'd risked her life. She stood before the king, and, and Mordecai told her, salvation is going to come to the Jews, so you might as well realize uh, that who knows whether you come to the kingdom for such a time as this. In other words, the Jews are going to get blessed, but recognize your hour of opportunity to be utilized. Did it for a couple minutes and stopped, and then got right into end times. <laughs> so I did a little bit of that and then preached on end times, you know. And uh, the next day, Benjamin Netanyahu came to America and stood before our Congress. He said, I'm coming before you as Esther came before the king. And quoted verbatim what I said there for about the first ten minutes of that service. So God's desperate to get people to connect the dots. See, he's God is just about to come back to the planet. So, so it's a time of awakening. It's a time of radical faith, a time of walking with God. Just like Enoch walked with God, he was caught up. Uh, there, there's a walk for the believer. So let's get into this, and I know I've taken a little bit to get into it, but go to Luke 21, and we'll pick up with a few minutes of, of a, a review, and then we'll get rocking, and uh, he'll strengthen us. Luke 21, verse 24, They'll fall by the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive unto all nations, and Jerusalem shall be trodden down or overthrown of the Gentiles until the times 
of the Gentiles to be fulfilled. I marked in my Bible, like I told you this morning, 70 A.D. that happened. Jerusalem was overthrown, just exactly like he said. But then he said, when you see Jerusalem won back, time is up. That's pretty wild. So then he goes down a little further in verse 29. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they now shoot forth their bud, you see and know of your own selves that summer our harvest is not at hand. Likewise, in the same manner, in the same manner when you see these things come to pass, know that the kingdom of God is not at hand. Now, what things is he talking about there? Number one, the subject is still Jerusalem. The parable is to make Jerusalem be clearer because that's what he said. Hey, when you see Jerusalem on back, buckle up, time's up. So then he talks about the fig tree budding, and he says, when you see these things come to pass, you can see this and you can know this. You know, oftentimes we talk about that. I, I don't really need signs. I have a witness in my spirit that the Lord's coming back. Don't we all have a witness tonight? I've never heard the Holy Spirit in a service go, hey, take your time. you got all the time in the world. There's always an urgency about the Holy Spirit. Every, as a kid, we get in this in 1970, 1971. My pastor friend in California told, said that Joe, me, had a drug problem when I was growing up. I did. My mother drugged me to church. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, uh, every service, there'd be tongue interpretation. I mean, every service, there was, and it was always urgency. Do, do the will of God now. Time is short. So, so we don't need these signs, but we're blessed to let them push us a little and, and buoy our faith to go, look at the flawlessness of God that I'm living when all these verses are coming to pass. There should be a song in our heart. There should be a, a radical joy because we're watching God do things right in front of our eyes. So he said, when you see these things you could know this see it and know it so he goes the next verse it's really the kicker verse 32 verily i say unto you this generation shall not pass away till all is fulfilled wow that's pretty amazing he said this generation what generation the one that sees israel made a nation the fig tree budded 1948 jerusalem went back in 1967 keep those dates in your mind because in a little bit we're going to get to the blood red moons you don't remember those dates israel made a nation in 48 jerusalem went back in 67 Pretty, pretty remarkable times. Uh, very, very flawless with God. So he said, Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all fulfilled. I hear people go, Well, how can you be bold about that? You can do the math. I can get very, very technical. I try not to because it slows things down too much. But if you want to add up the generations from Adam to Jesus, it came out to be a generation was 55 years. But a generation in the Bible is how long a man's living at the time you're alive. In the old days, it was 40 years. Nowadays, it's probably 70 to 80 years. 70 to 80 years. However you do the math, we're that generation. And you know the consensus is you can't tell when the Lord's coming back. Remember I said it this morning, you can if you can read. If you can see all the signs that point to His coming, you know you're getting nearer, 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 nearer. So we see that. And then this, let's run through the rest of them for just a minute, and then we we'll only get to the, the 43, or it might go a couple different directions, and then get to the 43, or 50, or how many we get to. Um, we talked about the, the, one, the main ones after that. You got the Ethiopian Jews brought back. You got the Hebrew language restored. You've got the fertility of the land of Israel. Pretty amazing. All of them preach revival of the Roman Empire. Anybody look at the Tower of Babel? Look at the capital of VU, Brussels? Isn't it amazing? Just like the Tower of Babel. They don't even know their, their art in front of their building is a molecule of iron magnified because Daniel saw iron and clay right before the coming of the Lord. The markings on the wall are all from Nebuchadnezzar. It's that system. It's that Babylonian system that you see that's coming to the forefront right here as a platform for the Antichrist. And that's what kind of we're going to get into for a little while tonight, and then we'll back up and go back into all the other signs. So we're very, very privileged. And there's many more things. I mean, one of the ones that I like the most, that we'll read in a minute, is men would be lovers of themselves. What do we have now? Selfie sticks. I want to take pictures of me. Come on. <laughs> It doesn't get, any more, doesn't get any more blatant than I think I'll have a selfie stick to just take pictures of me today. Hallelujah. You know, and in the States, there was an old show. I don't know if you had it here or not, but remember Seinfeld, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, uh, you know, his show. I like to quote him. He said, you know, I've talked enough about myself. Now you talk about me. And that's, that's kind of the time that we live. So, so you're, you're watching all this stuff come to pass. I mean, tell somebody 50 years ago, there'll come a time where people just walk around and take pictures of themselves. And they'll go, you've lost your mind. No, but it's happening. Praise the Lord. So uh, these are all things that are tangible, visible. And that's what we want to talk about. So there's many more after that. You've got the Temple Mount Institute. We'll get back to that maybe when we go through the signs. But the Temple Mount Institute is an institute in the old city of Jerusalem. 
And there are a group of men that have gotten there. Their last name's called Cohen. That means priest. And they, they found their lineage that they're still priests. And they have been going for 20 years to school to start having sacrifices. So somehow, right after we're raptured, they're going to rebuild a temple there. And you've got everybody in position to start having sacrifices. Because it's going to revert back to Old Testament time for those seven years. Come back tomorrow or the next day, we'll get into all that. But it's going to revert back to seven years of Old Covenant time. They're going to start having sacrifices. And God has the priests ready. God has the instruments ready. Red heifer was born on the land of Israel. You had the oil of anointing that was found uh, that they need at the second coming. You have all these things that are ready. I saw the menorah. You know how you have your, your uh, drums in the encasing here? They have the menorah in a great big old plexiglass encasing because it's about a $3 million thing menorah of gold about this tall. So they have everything, the, the many, 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 many other instruments ready so that they can start having technical sacrifices for the purifying of the Jews because the church is going to depart and God's going to deal with them like old covenant times. So they're in position. They're there. They're ready. How much more you and I should be in position. Amen? So with that, there's many more things after that, but let's go over to uh, Matthew, and let's kick into some of this, and then we'll go through some of those uh, detailed signs. Go to Matthew 24, and let's pick up there and look at one of the things that are, uh, Jesus talked about. Now remember this morning we talked about you can't find the rapture in the Gospels. There's a little hidden reference to it in John 14. So while we're looking at the Gospels, it's all second coming doctrine. Okay. Now, I, I, I hear preachers every day throw a second coming verse and try to put it on the church, and you feel like you don't qualify. Go back there to Luke, and I'll show you. Go back to Luke 21. I'm sorry. I want to give you that, and then we'll go to Matthew. Look at Luke 21. It'll bless you. You got your shouting clothes on tonight? Four people. Praise God. All right. <laughs> Woohoo! Here we go. Look at Luke 21. Look at verse number, uh, look at verse 36. Luke 21, verse 36, he said, Watch ye therefore, and pray always that you might be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Now see, he's talking to Jewish boys there that aren't born again. I don't have to pray to be accounted worthy. He made me righteous. So the tone changes from gospels to epistles. Where were we this morning? In the epistles, Second Peter. He called you his beloved. You don't have to qualify. You do qualify. The song you sang, as he is, so are we. Does Jesus qualify? <laughs> yes, so you qualify. Because you're him. My buddies call me the hangnail in the body of Christ. It doesn't matter what part you are, as long as you're in the body of Christ. Amen? <laughs> we get caught up in wanting to be a certain part. It doesn't matter. As long as you're in, you're in. So here he says, uh, they need to pray to be accounted worthy. I don't have to pray to be accounted worthy because I am worthy. It has nothing to do with what I've done. It has everything to do with what he has done. His blood has made you worthy. Amen? So let, let's magnify and trump what he did 2,000 years ago. Now with that, let's go to Matthew 24, and let's get into uh, several things that are very detailed, and then we'll pick up with all the signs again. Matthew 24, let's start with verse number 1. Matthew 24, verse 1, And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and the disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. Jesus said unto them, See not all these things, verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And that came to pass exactly like he said. When they overthrew Jerusalem in 70 A.D., they burned the buildings. They, the, it was so hot that gold was melting through the cracks of the rocks so that it could get the gold out. It was just horrible. So here, exactly what happened, Jesus said in verse 3. So his disciples are pretty smart. They're going, hey, let's get a little bit more info here. They said in verse 3, as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, hey, Tell us when shall these things be? What will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? The Greek says the end of the age. So they ask him three different questions. So he's going to give them a bunch of information. Matthew 24 and Matthew 25 are all about the second coming. But what's wonderful here, we're going to get into some things that show us how near we are to the second coming. So watch what he says in the next verse there. He, he doesn't rebuke them. Notice when they said, hey, well, tell us when will these things be? He goes, how dare you ask when I'm coming back? No, he gives them detailed information. So watch what he says in verse number 4. Jesus answered and said, Take heed that no man deceive you. Many will come in my name, saying, I'm Christ, and shall deceive many. You'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled. All these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines, there'll be pestilence, there'll be earthquakes in diverse places. Now in your Bibles there, if you got it, Mark, uh, it says in verse 8, all these are the beginning of sorrows. Mark in your Bible at verse 9 to verse 22 is called the tribulation period. Okay? 
That's where it starts. Verse 8, he said, all these are the beginning of what we would call birth pains, or you and I would probably call contractions. Okay? Jesus said, and he's answering their question, what's, what's it going to look like right before I come? Now, he answers a little different than I would. I would have said, man, when you see the church operating in the power of God, doing Elvis or whatever, then you know he's about to come. No, he says, when you see the tribulation, you can tell I'm about to come. Why did he say the sign of his coming was a seven-year tribulation? Because he's talking to Jewish boys. They're going to be right in the middle of all that. The, the book of Revelation is basically Jesus' left-behind book. Okay, they're going to go to the book of Revelation, and they're smart enough to go, hey, this seal just got opened up, there comes another seal, there comes another seal, look what's coming, buckle up, okay? So Matthew 24 is all about second coming, but if you can see symptoms of the tribulation period, while we're here, let me just tell you, we're very near the rapture of the church. So let's go through some of these things. Notice what he said in verse 8, all these are the beginning of contractions. How many of you ladies, when you were pregnant, and all of a sudden the day came when you start having labor pains or contractions or whatever you want to call it, did you say, hey, let's go out and play golf? <laughs> no. Did you say, let's, let's go surfing today? No. The, the contractions got so uh, evident that you couldn't ignore them, could you? Even if you said, hey, I'm bailing on this deal, I've changed my mind. <laughs> we're, we're not doing this. How many of you ladies thought that? You know, I've come this far, I'm done, I don't really want to do this. But it didn't matter, something took over that you could not ignore. Jesus said there would be things coming on the earth that no one could ignore, just as similar as a woman going into labor. You've seen ladies going into labor, their personality changes. <laughs> They go from being super sweet to, get me that water, get me that. I mean, it's like, what? you know, things change. So there's a, a, there's a tension, there's a stress. And then he lists them there. You know, list them, there'll be earthquakes in diverse places, there'll be famines, there'll be pestilence. I mean, we talk about it. Now hang with me a little bit for earthquakes. Okay, just get, let's just get technical for a couple minutes because people that we work around, you know, they, they need the truth. And truth sets you free. And you, you don't have to embellish anything. This is all just the real deal. Okay, earthquakes on the earth the last 100 years. Okay, 6.0 on the Richter scale. Mentally run with me. From 1900 to 1960, it vacillated between 1 and 2 per decade. 1 and 2 per decade, 6.0 on the Richter scale. 1967, when Jerusalem was won back, this is from the U.S. News and World Report. When 1960-something, when Jerusalem was won back, it went off the chart. It went just like that, it went completely crazy. Earthquakes in diverse places, radical. Massive amounts of earthquakes. All right, let me read you this. I pulled it up today. Oklahoma in America. <laughs> this is pretty cool. I, I Googled it just so I could tell, just so I could quote it just right. Okay, today in Oklahoma in America, and that's the number one place of seismic activity in the world. I thought it was just the U.S. No, it's the world. Oklahoma today, seven earthquakes. 31 earthquakes in the last seven days. 187 earthquakes in the past month. <laughs> so far, this year, 3,982 earthquakes. Last year, by November, there were 5,000 earthquakes. I don't know the count between November and December. Uh, something's up. <laughs> so the earth is going through what Romans 8 talked about. There's, a, uh, the, there's a, a pressure waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. And Jesus said one of them would be earthquakes. Another will be famines. Another will be pestilence. I mean, you've you got radical bugs that are coming on the scene that, that, that penicillin can't take care of and all these weird, weird things happening to where... I remember one of the times I went to China and uh, uh, I walked up there and with my eyeball, they checked my temperature because there were so many zar, zar, whatever viruses that were going on. So we're living in the day when things can be spread so instantly. Whereas in the old days, it would take time. But I say this because what Jesus was talking about here, most of this happened in the last century. Okay? There were, there were 17 million people killed by the flu. And then it went up to almost 42 million. Only, only like 7 or 8 million guys were killed in World War I. But the flu killed more people globally. So you're living in a day where Jesus said there's going to be some radical things happening. So that doesn't mean that we have to have any fear. You have dominion. Amen, you have dominion, but Jesus is answering their question, what will it look like? Symptoms of the tribulation period. Okay, now run with me with a couple more that are blatant. We talked about Putin, Russia. We talked about Russia coming down toward Israel. Has anybody ever read any books by Joel Rosenberg? You ever read any of his books? He worked for uh, Benjamin Netanyahu for years. He was a consultant with him. And uh, he wrote several books, which were really amazing. One was called The Copper Scroll. One was The Ezekiel Option. He wrote books 
about 9-11 happening, about them fly, Islam flying buildings into planes before they flew into planes. His books, have, they're, they're fiction, but they have kind of a weird way of coming to pass. In 2006, he wrote a book, oh wow, this is crazy, about Russia's very first move on Israel would be Crimea. So last year and the year before, Russia takes Crimea. So you see all of these things fitting together to where the symptoms of the tribulation period are evident right in front of us. And we only haven't even talked about ISIS. I mean, ISIS came on the scene out of nowhere. You had Al-Qaeda, you had Osama bin Laden, you had all those different groups. ISIS in Boko Haram last week in Nigeria killed 80 people. ISIS attacked Paris. I mean, they, they attacked America. Uh, they're, 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 they're crazy. There's a mentality there of the Antichrist in them. You see that manifestation of, if you don't convert to Islam, we'll cut your head off. It doesn't get any more demonic than that. Fifty years ago, you didn't see anybody cutting anybody's heads off. So you're seeing symptoms of the tribulation period. Now with that, you've got, you've got ISIS. Now ISIS came out the other day and kind of said it really bold. He said, you have not forgotten that our agenda is not just to take over Syria and to have an Islamic state here. It's to go into Jerusalem. They said, we will rescue the Palestinians, and we will take over Jerusalem. ISIS publicly. Now, hang with me, because I want to I wanna go through a lot of stuff tonight. I don't want to bore you, but there's so much information that I kind of get overload, but I don't want it to be too slow. ISIS, two weeks ago, at, while they were in Libya, the news report didn't even report this. It was the largest landing of allied forces since the Korean War. You had Russia, you had America land on the soil in Libya to fight ISIS. No, nothing in the news about it. Largest gathering of allied forces to land on a beach to take ISIS in Libya greater than the Korean War in 1952 because ISIS is real. Okay, run with me mentally for a minute. You got ISIS in Syria, which is above Israel. You got ISIS trying to push into the northern part of Jordan. You've got ISIS helping Hezbollah in Lebanon. You got ISIS helping Hamas on the southern part of Israel. You got ISIS in Libya. If you, if you did the math there, you've got ISIS almost completely surrounding Israel. So that's that pressure coming down on Israel. So you've got ISIS doing that. Next, you've got the EU doing things. Okay, we're talking about symptoms of the tribulation. We're not in the tribulation, but it's symptoms of it. You've got the EU last year. Run with me mentally for a minute. They voted for a Palestinian state. France did it. England did it. Germany did it. All this pressure to bring about a Palestinian state. And there was even a vote for them to fly a Palestinian flag at the UN. They all voted for it. Okay, this last three or four weeks, Sweden's ambassador said, uh, we're going to mark and label the goods made in Israel where the Six-Day War happened. Okay, it's called the West Bank. They want to mark those goods. Remember, it's called the mark of the beast. They want to put their label on those goods made in Israel. They want to put all this pressure on Israel saying, you can't have the West Bank. Why is that a big deal? That's the borders of the Six-Day War. In 1967, Jerusalem was won back. So this is it, man. This is the time that you have all the symptoms of the tribulation. We shouldn't be afraid. We should lift up our head. Our redemption is drawing nigh because we don't have to go through the tribulation. If you come back tomorrow, we're going to go through all the stuff about how you can't be here during the tribulation. The church is raptured beforehand. Remember the types of when we live right now? Lot, the angel told Lot, I can't do anything until I get you out. Okay? Thessalonians said he's not appointed you to wrath. I can go through about 45 things that show you you can't be here during the tribulation. So, I mean, most people go, well, well God's got to purify us. Oh, so the blood of Jesus didn't do a good enough job? See, all those things downtrodden what Jesus did for you. And they said, well, if that's true, you've got to resurrect everybody and make them go through the tribulation to get them pure. All past generations, you've got to resurrect them and make them go through that time. No, that time is called, now this is not even what I was preaching on tonight, but it's called a time of Jacob's trouble, not the church's trouble. He said Jerusalem would be a cup of trembling for all nations, not the church. So we're such a separate entity. So you see these symptoms happening here in Matthew 24. I mean, it's radical. Now, now run with me for a little bit more. Mm. Maybe in 1990, oh, what was it, 1998, uh, I was in a prayer meeting in Tulsa. Just with some friends, we were praying in tongues, you know, walking the floor, praying in the Holy Ghost, and I had a vision. Remember, it's okay for me to have a vision. I'm a young man living in and out for him. Old men dream dreams, young men see visions. <laughs> Pastor Tony's been having dreams for years. I just now started having dreams, so I'm stepping over, praise the Lord, into the old age. So 
But I had this vision, you know, it's a word of wisdom, and, and uh, you know, it's just bizarre how that all works. In this word of wisdom, this vision, I see New York City. And uh, now I know exactly what it was, was Google Earth. Back when I had the vision, I couldn't tell what it was. I was over the Hudson River right there at the corner of Lower Manhattan, and I saw all this rubble and destruction. I told my buddies right there in 1998, I said, man, don't go to New York. Uh, there's there's going to be something happen, because this is what I saw. Before I saw the rubble, I saw a bright light. I thought it was the glory of God. Next thing you know, there's all this rubble in the Hudson River. I asked my buddies that I was praying with. You, you know the dear friends of ours, Mark Brzee and David Ellis. And I said, what were you guys praying about last night? And this is what they said. You're going to love this. Bombs in the harbor, bombs in the harbor. Call 911, 911, 911. They're praying out 911. I said, man, I just saw all this stuff happen in New York. This is 1998. So I remember the week of 9-11, I'm in New York City with Ronnie Levy doing this meeting. And uh, I was looking at the Twin Towers thinking that's my point of reference where I was in Lower Manhattan because I don't know New York City. So I'm going, okay, the, the buildings will help me there. I flew from New York out to California. And I was in a golf tournament with some buddies of mine, preachers. And one of the nights after we got finished, you know, they were all talking about, remember, Joe, you talked about that stuff happened in New York, and we kind of joked about, yeah, I said, I remember it. I was just there last week, and I wasn't concerned at all. I said, you know, I wasn't concerned if something was going to happen because I have zero fear. I have dominion. Jesus walked right through the middle of them. They couldn't kill him. I even joked about, hey, if a nuke went off in New York, I walk right through it. I, sh I don't think that way. I believe that way. So, so even a couple of the preachers even said, oh, Joe, that's never going to happen, okay? The night before 9-11... One of the preachers, we all know these guys, they called me that morning. Oh, my God, what you said. We were sitting in the hot tub the night before talking about it. They said, what you were talking about last night just came to pass. I said, what are you talking about? They said, turn the TV on. They said, Islam just flew, radical Islam just flew planes into the Twin Towers. That's a symptom of the tribulation. You can't get much more radical than the whore of Babylon attacking a nation. Okay, that's what, that's what Islam is. Okay, the origin of Islam, it came right out of Baghdad. Okay, that's where the Tigris and the Euphrates Valley are. And that's where, I'm going to get ready for this, we're talking about today. Guess whose headquarters for bombing Syria is right now in Baghdad? Russia, the U.S., Germany, France, Italy, in the UK, right there in Baghdad, to coordinate their, their battle plan for Syria. So you have the whole uh, might of the earth going back to Baghdad, all because of Islam that came out of there. Every false religion came from Baghdad. You can trace them all back to there. So, so you're watching the symptoms of the tribulation. So, man, we, sh we should be thumping each other. Look, how much more do we need before we finish our course? How much more do we need before we pick up the pace? I mean, this, this, this is real. This is it. I remember one of the times I went is, was in Israel. Now, we're going to get to the blood moons here in just a second because I don't want to keep you all night. I want you to come back tomorrow. Remember, he who preaches short shall be heard again, you know? <laughs> John Osteen used to always say that, so I like to quote him. Um, so, uh, where was I? I lost, I lost where I was. Anybody remember where I was? Baghdad. Baghdad. I was in Baghdad. No, we'll get to the blood red moons in a minute. I can't even remember where I was. Help me, Lord. Get me back to where I was. Um, I mean, you think about the might of the earth being at a location to where all this is prophesied while we're alive. We should be just, I don't want to say it this way, but we should be volunteering. We should be doing whatever we need to do. We should put our heart into our church. It should be the most radical time of obedience ever because you're, you're watching what Jesus preached here in Matthew 24. I remember where I was. One of the times I was in Israel, 2001. Same year as 9-11, just right after 9-11. People were afraid to go then, so we went ahead and took this tour and wanted to kind of support Israel. And we're in the Garden of Gethsemane. And we know that's the olive press. That's where that pressure is on Jesus, where he's going to be separated from the Father. Think of that, the olive press, where they squeeze the olives to get the oil out. And that's where Jesus was in that Garden of Gethsemane, knowing that he's going to be separated from the Father. And I was in that Garden of Gethsemane with our tour and a couple other people. And the lady that was running her tour, I had joined my tour with hers. She said, hey, Joe, I want you to do a, a communion. I said, okay, sure. And all of a sudden, I completely went blank. I couldn't remember where the communion verses were. Now, you know, I know it's 1 Corinthians 11, but when someone goes, hey, do communion, I'm like, I was like, oh, wow, where are the verses? So my mind went blank for a minute, and she was still preaching, doing some other stuff. And so all of a sudden, I had an open vision. Remember, it's okay for me to have vision. I'm a young man. Old men dream dreams. So this was... How I many years ago? 15 years ago. All of a sudden, I had an open vision. 
I'm in the, the Temple Mount's right there. I can visibly see it with my own eyes, you know. The Garden of Gethsemane is just below the foundation of the Temple Mount. All of a sudden, I look up, and I, I have discerning of spirits happen. I look up and see angels and demons all over the Temple Mount. Now, I'm normal. I'm a sports freak. I'm not a freak, okay? I'm not an angel freak. I see angels and demons all over the Temple Mount. I'm thinking, dear Lord, this is crazy. I knew in the vision this is the most active area of angels and demons on the planet. I told my buddy, he's a friend of mine, Tom DeMond, he's a pastor from Heidelberg, Germany. I said, dude, I just had an open vision. I saw angels and demons all over the Temple Mount. I said, this is crazy. He said, you better come back to earth. You've got to do communion. You know how your buddies will keep you grounded, you know? He goes, you need to come back to earth. You've got to do communion. I said, okay. Right then, the lady that was doing the, the preaching there, she said there was an elderly uh, a prayer man, Phil Halverson, was there. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane. She said he had an open vision and looked up over the Temple Mount. There were angels and demons all over the Temple Mount. He said it's the most active area of angels and demons on the whole planet. I said, see, I haven't lost my mind. I'm not crazy. See, now what is that? That's Jacob's ladder. See, th this is real. Jesus is coming back to that spot. He's coming back where Jacob looked up and saw angels going back and forth. I got back to Tulsa, and I had an etching of Jacob's ladder in my office. We think of some old rickety ladder. Man, there was a big old stairway going up with angels all over the place. I said it's sad that Led Zeppelin had it figured out there's a stairway to heaven. Amen. I know they got it probably the wrong way, but I mean, this stuff is real. You, you have real things happening right now while you're breathing that point to the coming of the Lord. So let's look at a couple more of the signs, and I'm going to buzz through all the others. Let's talk about the blood-red moons for a minute. Go over to Psalms. Go to Psalms chapter 119. Everybody still glad you came tonight? How many glad you're here not in surgery? All right. It's better to be in church than surgery. Look at Psalms 19 for just a moment. Then let's talk about the blood-red moons a little bit and the solar eclipses and the Bethlehem star and all that kind of stuff. Because we don't hear a lot of preaching on it, but it, it's amazing how Lucifer tried to pervert things that are so blatant so that we wouldn't understand it when they're right there in front of us. We're very, very privileged. So look at Psalms 19. Look at verse 1 if you've got your Bible there. It's page 660 if you've got a Bible like mine. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows His handiwork. Verse 2. Day unto day they utter speech. Night unto night they show knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out throughout all the earth, and their, their words to the end of the world. In them he has set forth his tabernacle for the sun, which is a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoices as a strong man to run his race. So he's talking about the heavens here declare the glory of God. And of course, Lucifer perverted all the stuff about stars and about moons and all that. But the Bible says in Genesis that the, the planets would be for signals for us. So let's just talk about this for a minute. Probably about seven or eight years ago, I was, I was always traveling and preaching kind of in a different church every week. I preached probably for 20 years on gifts of the Spirit, and then I preached some on end times, and then the Lord made me preach on end times. Uh, uh, so I just ended up doing it, and almost every single invitation was end times. So I started putting up the blood red moons on the wall there probably seven or eight years ago before it kind of got popular, you know. And I was preaching on it. And, you know, you, you get into all this. So 2014, what did we have? We had a blood red moon on Passover and a blood red moon on Tabernacles. Okay, that's a pretty big deal. Okay, now what is that? Passover is when he died for us. Tabernacles is when he, the second coming will be. He'll come and tabernacle with men. So the heavens signaled in 2014, I died for you, I'm coming back. I died for you, I'm coming back. All right, 2015, same thing happens again. Passover and tabernacles. I died for you, I'm coming back. Right in between them, you have another uh, a solar thing happening called a, a, a full solar eclipse on the day that the sun comes up on the center of the equator, split, splitting the earth. Guess what day it was? It was Nisan 1, the religious New Year day. On Nisan, now why is this a big deal? The Bible says before that great noble day of the Lord, the moon would be turned to blood and the sun would be darkened. It says it over and over again. So we have the heavens signaling that, that this is happening. Now, NASA called it a tetrad, four blood-red moons in a row. Guess when the last time you had four blood-red moons in a row like that? 1967, 1948, <laughs> 1492, when the Jews were kicked out of Spain, called the Edict of Expulsion. Remember that? So you remember that's when Columbus sailed and, 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 and discovered America, and that was a safe harbor for the Jews. So uh, that's pretty radical that you have 
four blood red moons in a row. Now watch. Now I said this. I preached on it with a big poster up here for maybe six or seven years. And I remember in 2014 in April, maybe March of that, that year, right before April, I was in Grosbeck, Texas. And I was walking the floor praying in tongues in my hotel room. Just, you know, just simple, not, not, you know, not doing Elvis prayer or whatever. Just, just, I kept praying in tongues. I started praying on April to see, April to see. I heard myself in English going, April to see. Well, I kept praying in tongues for a little bit. It came to Bambasama, April to see, April to see. Man, I kept hearing it over and over again. I said, man, something's happening in April. Now, I've been preaching on the blood red moons for like five years. Because then in 2014, there's a blood red moon coming in April. Well, you know, I started calling everybody. What's everybody prophesied about April? What's everybody prophesied? What's, what's been said about April? Because I'm, I'm prophesying, speaking out, April to see. So come April 2014, March of that year was when I was praying that out. Come April 2014, Colleen and I got out in the backyard there in Tulsa, looked up at the time for the blood red moon for man for an hour and 45 minutes. I watched the moon turn blood red, and the Lord goes, I told you you'd see in April. I said, this is what you were talking about? He said, I made the moon turn blood red for you. What do you need? See, I preached this stuff and didn't even still realize that's what he's talking about. We're so accustomed to fanfare that he made the moon turn blood red on Passover and Tabernacles four times in a row. And the church is kind of, whatever. No, there should be, we should be screaming at each other, Jesus is about to come back. All right, and then you have the Bethlehem star. Oh, man, I can't believe I'm going to get into this for a couple minutes. Everybody buckle up for just a little bit, okay? Man, I've, I've been preaching too long. If I, what time did I start? 6.30? Did I start at 6.30? Dear Jesus, because I've got to bust through the signs. Help me, Jesus. Let's just back it up. We'll just re- rewind for a minute. <laughs> okay, hang with me for a minute, because I want us to get this, because we don't hear a lot of preaching on this. The Bethlehem Star, okay, what is that? At the birth of Jesus, you had the Magi that were from Daniel's school in Persia. That, that they, they didn't have the internet, they didn't have TV, so they'd lay on their building and they, they'd, they'd watch the skies. So they knew the heavens really way better than we do. All right? Kepler's laws of planetary motion, that Kepler is a scientist from years ago, he figured out that the heavens were all mathematical. That's how NASA uses Kepler's laws of planetary motion to this day to have their space shuttle go do this and land at a certain time. It's all math. Okay? You can put in a date... 2,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago, and because of that, the computer will tell you exactly what the heavens look like, okay? So at the birth of Jesus, hang with me, you had three stars come together at the birth of Jesus. I remember the guy that did the Bethlehem star is a sweet uh, 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 attorney from Nashville. His daughters wanted to have a nativity set, and he said, okay, I'll do this, but why in the world am I going to do a nativity set when I don't even know what all this means? So he started studying on it. He got out Kepler's Laws of Planetary Motions, got his computer out, and said, if I'm going to have a star hanging out my, out my front door, I've got to find out what's going on. Went back in the computer, didn't even know any of this, went back with the computer, and he saw at the birth of Jesus, you had three stars come together. You had Jupiter, which is a king star. Regulus, regal, king star. Venus is a mother star. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. All three of them came together. You had Regulus do retrograde motion and form a halo right over Bethlehem. You had Jupiter do retrograde motion. too. You had two halos right over Bethlehem at the birth of Jesus. See, they came 700 miles by camelback because they knew a king was going to be born. All right, that's pretty cool. Guess what the constellation was at the birth of Jesus? Virgo. Okay, at the birth, why? Because it's virgin birth. All right, this last year, gosh, this is so cool. This last year, NBC Nightly News, I'm watching the news, and the, and, uh, uh, the guy, Lester Holt from NBC Nightly News, says, we have a celestial event happening this week. My ears perked up. He goes, we have Jupiter, we have Regulus, and we have Venus. I said, honey, I told my wife, I said, babe, that's, that's the Bethlehem star. Well, guess what? They came together on June 30th this last year. I had friends of mine that lived in San Francisco on the West Coast. They said, man, it looked like one huge star. All three of those planets came together, the Bethlehem star. Guess what the constellation was? Leo. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Bethlehem star hadn't been here in 2,000 years. Jesus said there'd be signs in the heavens. 
Come on, man. So we, we've got the, the witness of Russia getting in position, the witness of ISIS, the witness of the EU. I haven't even preached all the stuff about the EU. I'll have to sleep tonight to get it all to come back to me. There's, there's one thing after another the EU is doing to get ready for the Antichrist. Behind the scenes, there's uh, Frederica Mogherini, the Italian ambassador. She's put so much heat on, we've got to do this for Israel so that we can put them in their place. The Pope two years ago, said it's time for one world authority, one world religion, and one world monetary system. There's all this pressure to go to what's going to happen after we leave. So I'm preaching on that tonight so that we get that hammered into us. Because you're watching all this stuff that's going to happen after we're gone. Now, we get to see symptoms of it. That's why I started in Matthew 24 going, hey, Jesus said, when you see these things, that's the sign of my coming. I would not have said that, but Jesus called the tribulation period the sign of his coming. And my friend, we could go all night tonight till 10 o'clock going, 11 o'clock going, this is another sign of the tribulation period, this is another sign of the tribulation period, this is another sign of the tribulation period, and it's happening right in front of our eyes. So let me read off some more signs to you, and then I'll get back some of that stuff from the EU. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to edit some of the ones so I don't be too redundant, because I don't want you too bored, amen? And listen to how cool God is, and I've got to figure out how to bring this into the runway. <laughs> I was preaching, you know Monty and Peggy Knutson in Mount Pleasant, Iowa. got a wonderful church there. I preached there many times. I was preaching there this last summer. Had a casual word of knowledge at the end. You know, I have words of knowledge about weird stuff, you know. In, in Birmingham, Alabama, saw a woman fly fishing, catch the hook in her eye. In uh, uh, Bartlesville, Oklahoma, saw a woman get poked in the eye with a fork one time. In Montgomery, Alabama, at Lucy and Keeter's church, I saw two elderly women fist fighting out in the parking lot. At the end of the service, I said, you know, there's two elderly ladies here. You need to go tell the other one you're sorry. And I was at the book table, and these two sweet ladies come walking up, and they're late 80s. and said, yeah, you know, we were the two ladies fighting. I said, I know. I saw you in the vision. They were in the parking lot fist fighting. So I have weird words of knowledge. The Lord loves you so much, he doesn't want you fighting in the parking lot. What a witness that is to the folks driving by. So I had a, I had a word of knowledge in that church in, in Mount Pleasant that, um, listen to this, I've never had a word of knowledge to this. I said, there's someone here, you can't write. I didn't even know what it meant. I said, I'm not going to try to explain it because I had about 10, 15 other words of knowledge. I said, you have some kind of problem where you can't write. Finished the service, I stood there, and some friends of mine had come from another city over in Illinois. So I'm standing there talking to them, and I saw this man come up behind me, and I thought he was distraught about something. He was freaking out. I, I, I thought, well, the ushers need to take care of him, whatever's wrong. I don't know. I was talking to some of my friends. They said, no, we've got to talk to you. He said, this man here has never, he's like 30 years old, never been able to write in his whole life. He has a disease. He told me the name of the disease. It had messed up his brain. He said, I can't write. He said, you called that out, and I wrote a poem about the coming of the Lord. So see, he, he so wants us to be blessed, and then while he's healed, he writes something about Jesus coming back. Amen. I mean, it's just we, 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 uh, we're privileged that all this word we've heard all this embracing of our destiny, all this pushing to do the will of God, all of a sudden there's going to come a, a, a time that we'll be caught up and we'll be raptured. All the, the labor that you went through, all the, the push you did to make sure you did the will of God, doing what's right will pay off. Oh, come on. You, and we'll get into it tomorrow. We're going to get into the reward seat of Christ. You're going to adorn yourself with your faithfulness. You'll wear your faithfulness. It'll preach for you. Mm, that's for somebody here that may not be able to come another night. Come on, it's worth it to do these things. I'll give you one more, then I've got to buzz through these signs real quick before we go. I was preaching in Boston, Jonathan Del Turco. These are all friends of mine that, 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 that your pastors know. I sure love your pastors. Aren't you blessed to have normal pastors that, that love God? And, uh, and, and everywhere we go, they want to have them come preach. You know, they go, well, you think Pastor Tony and Patsy would come preach for us? I, 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 you've got to ask them, you know, because <laughs> they want them to come so bad, and you have them here. Aren't you blessed? Yes. So blessed. I was at Jonathan Del Turco's church this last year, and a lady walked up to me. She said, you don't remember me, do you? I said, well, no. She's a, a pastor's wife. I said, I didn't know that. She said, uh, I was there 25 years ago in 1990. I had a word of knowledge about fingernails, <laughs> and uh, about 12 people came down. You know how word of knowledge works. I said, well, none of you are the ones I'm looking for, but it's somebody here, and that person didn't come down. This is what this lady's saying to me. She goes, I didn't have a fingernail right here on my ring finger. And she said, you know, I was too afraid to come down. This was all new to me. She said, but you know, I went home, and two days later, I said, Lord, you know what? I'm sorry I didn't go down. I'll take that miracle. Right then, her fingernail grew in. That night, the man that she's married to asked her to marry her and put a ring on that finger. 
And you know what? She, she uh, was standing there. I said, are you kidding me? I'm going to their church in April. And uh, I was preaching, telling that story in a church, and this lady was standing up over there. She goes, I'm the woman that didn't have that fingernail. God loves you so much. He even wants you to have your fingernail when someone asks you to marry him. <laughs> See, we, I mean, <laughs> he's just so cool. All right, we're going to buzz through these. All right, everybody ready? So let's just buckle up because I'm I'm, I may say a couple things about each one, but I may not. Okay, number one, I'm going to go through the first ten really fast because we've already gone through those. Everybody with me? Number one, Israel made a nation. Number two, Jerusalem won back. Three, revival of the Roman Empire. Four, Hebrew language restored. Five, Ethiopian Jews brought back. Number eight, fertility of the land of Israel. Seven, Temple Mount Institute. I did that wrong. I'm sorry. Nine, the oil of anointing was found. Did we talk about the oil of anointing? It was found out where the Dead Sea Scrolls are, and it's so cool. They have to have that to anoint Jesus at the second coming, and they, they, they tested it, and it's the exact ingredients from the book of Leviticus. God's so cool. Been sitting there being preserved right there where the Dead Sea Scrolls were. My numbers are messed up. I'm sorry. Uh, number nine is the world is set up for one world government, Daniel 7, 14. We see that uh, to where there's a pressure. My airline I flew on, it's called One World Alliance. Gosh, 20 years ago they talked about that. Number 10, preparation for the Battle of Armageddon. I stood on the Valley of Megiddo years ago one time, and I was at Mount Carmel where Elijah called down fire from heaven. I heard this jet spool up. I could hear this jet. I'm like, wow, down in the valley. And all of a sudden this black F-16 shot up out of the hole in the ground right where the Battle of Armageddon is going to be. And I'm like, oh, my God, I just saw a plane come shooting out of a hole. And I told my buddy, Tom DeMont, I said, man, I just saw an F-16 come out of the hole of the ground. He goes, you're crazy. Next thing you know, you hear that sound again, an F-16 shoots right out of the hole of the ground. There's an underground runway out in the middle right where the Battle of Armageddon is going to be. I mean, so there's many more things you could get into about all that. But I'm telling you, there's a lot of stuff going to happen in that little piece of real estate. And guess what uh, uh, Napoleon said? He was there at that site, and he said, this would be the greatest site for the greatest battle ever. Didn't even know he was talking about the Battle of Armageddon. Wow. So right there, the preparation's being made for that. China's one-child policy. That just got changed a couple months ago. But for years, uh, when we were, one of the times we were together, I think at the church in Saskatoon, we were preaching, and there was a woman there that was from China there to have her baby. Because they made you abort your kids. Uh, you could only have one child, so everybody wanted to have a male child to carry their name on. So there's all these women that had to go to other countries to have a baby. But listen, you have a whole nation that, that men have no girls to date from 15 to 30. So the Bible says they're going to come against Israel in the latter days. Well, of course they are. They're agitated. They don't have any girls to date. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I mean, think about. I mean, that's not weird. That's just just being honest. So, so China's one-child policy produces an irritation in in China, and the Bible says they move down on Israel. So, anyway, that's funny, but it's true. That was number eleven. Number twelve is the largest gathering of predatory birds. We talked about that. One hundred seventy-two different species. That's pretty radical. That you've got the animal kingdom showing up already uh, there in Israel, and that was in two thousand and nine. So that's seven years ago. Symptoms of the tribulation period, that's what we talked about tonight, birth pains. You've got the red heifer that was born spotless in Israel. Many years they had red heifers born near there, but they weren't spotless, and they had red heifers born in other countries. No, it had to be there, born in the land. It was born in the land just a few years ago. Talked about the Temple Mount Institute. Articles were all ready for that. That's number 15. Number 16 is interesting. The technology is available for the mark of the beast. You know, uh, no other time ever in history have you had that technology. Now they put a chip in your collarbone with your medical history on it. They, in America, they do that to dogs. I was preaching in Jacksonville, Florida, and a guy goes, well, I have a chip in my wrist. I can pay for my groceries. I said, you cannot. The laser thing won't read your hand. He, he, he went to Publix grocery store there, and, and he goes, I don't have to pay for, with a credit card. I can pay with my wrist. And the lady goes, it won't work. He goes, watch this. Mm, boop. So he already had his information implanted into his wrist. So the technology is there for the mark of the beast. I do want to do this sometime. I won't do it anytime soon, but I'd like to get me a tattoo that when you warm up, all of a sudden it turns into 666. So when I start preaching, it's not there. When you get to preaching, all of a sudden it kicks in just to freak people out. Anything to shock people, amen? Come on. <laughs> that would be fun, praise the Lord. Well, uh, if you come here in the mornings, we'll get into a little bit of that, and you don't want to be here during that time. All right, number 17, the technology is ready for the whole world to see the two witnesses. Could you imagine John uh, saying that seeing the two witnesses and the whole world sees them? Of course you can now. You pull out your iPhone, you can see everything. 
20 years ago, you'd have laughed at that. 50 years ago, you'd really laughed at that. 100 years ago, you'd have mocked that. 1,500 years ago, you'd have said, have you lost your mind? Your, your iPhone uh, it will make coffee. I mean, it'll do everything. I used to have my earthquake apps turned on on my iPhone, and then it sounded like I had something wrong with me. So many earthquakes were going on all the time. I'd be walking through the airport. <laughs> people are like, what's wrong with you? I mean, it's just like the technology's there. <laughs> it's just bizarre. So, so we'll, they'll be able to see the two witnesses with that. 18 is famines, pestilence, earthquakes. We got into that in Matthew 24. I, didn't wanna, I wanted to get into some detail on some of these. The blood red moons and the solar eclipse on Passover and Tabernacles. We got into that. That's number 19. Number 20 is one I haven't talked about. The Palestinian-Israeli conflict, the Psalms 83 war. I hear people ask me all the time, about, have you ever heard of the Psalms 83 war? Compared to the Ezekiel 38 war. Okay, The difference is... The Psalms 83 war is about annihilation. Okay, the Ezekiel 38 war is about coming for goods, coming for a spoil. You've already had three or four wars about annihilation. In 1948, they tried to annihilate them. In 1967, they tried to annihilate them. 1973, they tried to annihilate them. And you had the Gaza war where, where Gaza's trying to do the same thing. And they're, I mean, they're building tunnels. They've had their tunnels collapse the last three or four weeks. And they thought it was just accidents. It's not accidents. <laughs> they aren't just collapsing. <laughs> I mean, Israel knows what they're doing to get them to collapse. Uh, but anyway, there's a bunch more where that comes from, but let's keep moving. Um, okay, uh, Russia moving toward Israel is number 21. We've talked about that. Number 22, signs in the heavens. They haven't got into that a lot, but uh, you've got more solar flares happening right now. Last year, there was a couple solar flares that were so big, they thought it was going to shut off all the satellites. Could you imagine what would happen if we didn't have our iPhones? Now, see, this stuff's getting ready to happen, so you've got signs in the heavens. Next after that is the economic prosperity of Israel. Amos prophesied that, and Isaiah prophesied that. You've got a country that invented an MRI, invented the CAT scan. Go down the list at what Israel's invented. Economic prosperity of Israel. It preaches for everyone. The next one after that would be uh, uh, the spreading of the gospel foretold. How, how exact is that? That who would ever thought that every nation, every tongue, every kindred would hear of his glory? A buddy of mine preaches to many churches in the nation of Iran every single day by Skype. Do you guys know Ray Sasafa? He's a great friend of mine. He's about this tall. I play golf with him, so I like to take a lot of pictures with him. I go, Ray, said, come over here and stand by me. <laughs> so, so I look tall. But anyway, he's preaching on Skype, pastoring churches all over the nation of Iran. Jesus is appearing to children all over the nation of Iran. I was, in, I was in China years ago, 2004. I came out of my hotel. Now, they killed the man behind the counter for putting up a preacher the week before I got there. They told me that after they checked me in. I said, thank you very much. God bless you. I came out of my hotel, and there was all these people lined up, about 3,000 people lined up. I thought it was for a food uh, give out. I said, what are they in line for? I said, they're, they're in line to see the movie The Passion of the Christ. This was way up in the middle of China. Not Xiaomen, not Hong Kong, not Shanghai. This is way out in the middle. And they're in line to see the movie, The Passion of the Christ. The gospel's going all over the world. Every tongue, every country. I mean, think of it, what's going on while we're alive. We're very, very blessed. There's a couple hours of preaching on that, but I just want to keep moving. Rise, number 26 would be rise of false prophet. 27, the land would be partitioned. That was prophesied in Joel and Daniel. It's happened in our lifetime. Number 28 would be no king for 2,500 years. And we're right at the, the time where that's almost going to come to pass for the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Remember what, what Gabriel told Daniel? The ancient of days will come back. Wow. Next is Iran and Turkey. If you, if you got into everything Iran was doing right now, uh, it, absolutely amazing. And we were talking about Turkey today. Uh, Turkey's got a very, very watch Turkey in the next year or two. There's a very unusual thing they're doing to, to be a platform for the Antichrist. It's very undermining. So that, that's, a, that's a real big one. I don't preach on that a lot, but I should. Next is, is number 30 is Isaiah 17.1, that Damascus would be removed from being a city. I mean, right now you have uh, you, Syria used chemical weapons last week, sarin gas. No one talks about it. You, something's going to happen, and, and Damascus is going to be taken off the planet. Well, see, everybody goes, how could that happen? Well, look what all the armies that are around Syria right now. This is all a platform for the Ezekiel 38 war. Oh, man. So after that, you've got um, number 31. Humans could destroy all life. Never before in history have you lived at a time where basically all human life could be destroyed by humans. 
And Jesus said if the great tribulation had been shortened, that no one would make it through that, but it would be shortened for the elect's sake. Thank God we don't have to be here for that. Chaotic weather, Luke 24, uh, Daniel, travel. If you go, you go to an airport, you see Scripture coming to pass. Travels, knowledge has increased, 34, every two years. 36, 35 is the rise of Asia. I mean, 50 years ago, if you'd have said that all of a sudden China is this, our stock market was completely because of what was going on in China. The whole world's getting altered by China's strength right now. You've got same-sex marriage. That's in the uh, number 36. And when in America, when it was passed the same-sex marriage, we had the rainbow sign on the White House. The same day, we were talking about it today, the Supreme Court passed a law that if you're born in Jerusalem, you can't have Israeli citizenship on your passport. Same day that same-sex marriage was passed. That was passed by the Supreme Court in America. So they want, a, they want Jerusalem for themselves when it's the Jews. It's, it's Israel's capital. And there's all this pressure to take that away from them. So after that, you've got uh, uh, self-obsession. Men's lovers themselves. That was the selfie stick one. I should have a selfie stick so I could show us all that. World, worldwide, 38 was worldwide persecu- persecution of Christians. 39 is the days of Noah. You couldn't get any more exact of the days of Noah than right now. Corruption and violence. Number 40 is a Muslim coalition. For Ezekiel 38, 41, the rise of Babylon. Man, right now we're talking about the headquarters for Russia and Germany and all of them. It's right on the outskirts of Baghdad heading toward Babylon. Watch what happens in Babylon. Things are going to happen there. And that location just south of Baghdad, you'll see commerce going there. You'll see uh, all kinds of money things going to that little area. Because what happens with the Antichrist midway through the trib, <laughs> he enters into the, the temple and says he's God. Then right after that, right toward the end of the tribulation, he, well, right after him in Jerusalem, he moves his headquarters to Babylon. Somehow it's going to be cool enough for him to go, you know what, we need to be nice to the Iraqis. They had Saddam Hussein. We need to be nice to Islam. Let's have a location that's right in the middle of all this, and he picks Babylon. Crazy. So Saddam Hussein rebuilt Babylon, spent hundreds of millions of dollars. All right, so let's go a little further, and then we'll close. Uh, 42 is mockers of the second coming. That's a sign in itself. And number 43 is sexual perversion, the days of Lot. You never are living when things are just pushed at us like it's supposed to be normal, and it's not normal. You know, uh, uh, it's just amazing that wrong is right and right's wrong. So those are 43, I think, and I've, I've skipped over a bunch of them just because of time. But, but what does heaven have to say to us before we realize this is it? You know, as a traveling guy, I mean, I'm, I'm giving you, I'm shotgunning stuff to you about uh, what do you need to do to make changes in your house? I would use my authority to pray over my children. I'd pray over my house. I'd pray over my job. I'd decree things like I never decreed things before in my life. It is written. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. It is written. I mean, I would get the it is written out, and I'd hammer it just as hard as I've ever hammered it before in my life. I would be more of a confession freak than I ever was. You know, I used to, used to do in the days, oh, you're a confession, whatever you call it. That's exactly right. I remember one of these guys going, well, you're one of those name it and claim it guys. Like I said, well, I guess you're going to hell, aren't you? Because that's how you get saved. He didn't really like that. <laughs> so we're blessed. We've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. You've got Jesus saying words about while we're alive. The Dark Ages, you didn't have that. A thousand years ago, you didn't have that. A hundred years ago, you had little things happening with Chaim Wiseman in 1907, invented TNT for the British government. They said, what do you want? He said, I want a homeland for my people. What do you have in the church? Azusa Revival. 1917, from this country, Alamy goes into Jerusalem, same year Kenneth Hagin born. 1948, you've got Israel made a nation, you have the healing revival. Raymond T. Ritchie in Tulsa, Oklahoma, they took away the wheelchairs and flatbed trucks. There were so many miracles. Uh, R.W. Shambach and A.A. Allen in Birmingham, Alabama, when there was a baby there with no eyes, no arms, no legs, and a little hole for a mouth, the baby was ma- got brand new arms, brand new legs right there in front of everybody. That was the healing revival. Why? Israel was made a nation in 48. You had a reciprocal move in the church. 1967, you got Jerusalem one back, and we are all a part of what God did with the charismatic renewal. Every single one of us. My, my mom drug us to full gospel businessmen's meetings, you know, 1970, 71, 72. We're all a part of that. God is doing something right now before he comes back to the planet. So let's do this. I preached an hour. I preached a little bit longer than I meant to. We're going to come back tomorrow, and we'll get into dispensations. We'll get into the rapture of the church. We'll get into, we'll get into super detail, and I'm going to try to slow down.
But let's just do this tonight. You know, I, uh, I don't get a chance to do this that much. Let's do consecration dedication for just a second. In the old days, we would come down and the preacher would hit you over the head, you know. And uh, I remember that they'd go, kapow, do the will of God. I'm like, wow, is that necessary? <laughs> but <laughs> I'm in the ministry, so I, I guess I got hit hard enough. You know, I don't know. Let's just take a second at 7.30, uh, just for two minutes. I want you to think about the very last thing the Lord told you to do. What's the last thing Jesus instructed you to do? And you watch, there'll be a recirculation of, of new revelation when we get a, a commitment to do the last thing He told us to do. I mean, there's... <laughs> it's, it's myriad, the stuff we can get into that we will get into in the next few services. But, but Jesus is about to come back. What... What would we say to him right now if we were raptured tonight? Would we say, that not just as our house in order, but that I could say, I finished my course. I did what you called me to do. I'm giving it my all. This is not the time to kind of give it our half or give it a percentage. This is the time to be so sold out that it's just almost scary sold out. And with that is joy, peace, and strength. There is no down season for that. It's only good. You only get blessings from commitment. Thank you for that one amen. <laughs> you, you, you only get blessings for commitment. So let's bow our heads for just a minute and close our eyes. Father, we, we come before you here at the end of this service, and we, uh, we, we see all of these earthly things happening. So, Father, we want to respond spiritually. So we surrender our hearts and our souls and our minds tonight to do your bidding, to walk with you. Do the will of God before you come, Jesus. We lay aside weights and sins that would so easily beset us. We look unto you, Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Help this congregation, Father. Thank you for Rama Family Church, Lord. Thank you for the destiny upon this church that every part would supply what they need to supply. And there'd be such a joy, such a renewal of hope, such a renewal of vision, such a spiritual vitality to do the will of God that we would accelerate and run our race. We thank you that we lay aside the things of the flesh. We thank you for a heightened awareness of Jesus, a heightened awareness of his lordship, a heightened awareness of what reality is, and that is that our king is just about to come back to the planet. We thank you for it. We give you glory, we give you honor and praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you were blessed and encouraged by this teaching and are freshly excited about our Saviour's imminent return and how we should be living in anticipation of this blessed hope. For more information on Rhema Family Church or to partner with us in producing more resources like this, please visit rhema.org.au.